Osiris. This podcast is in the loop. The Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com. This is Female Centrics, the first female-hosted fish community podcast. I am your host, Donnie B. And today we've got a co-host, the ever-so-visceral Christy. Hello, Christy. Hello, Donnie B. Yes, yes. And my hubby, Snakey Jason. Yo. And uh, we are pretty excited for today's uh, podcast because um, we are going to be interviewing Miss Isabella Anastasio, who would be Trey's youngest daughter. So this is quite an honor for us and we are really excited about Super this. Pumped. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so first, I just want to let you know that we are part of the Osiris Podcast Network, and Osiris brings to you all sorts of different podcasts from a bunch of different fish ones from Under the Scales and the Helping Friendly Podcast. We've got History and Grateful Dead and whatnot. So if you want to check out some different podcasts, go to OsirisPod.com. And Osiris is partnered with Jambase. So for all the latest news News in jam band, um, jam band music, please go to jambase.com. Uh, jam and today we are sponsored by Sirius XM. So you may already know that Sirius XM brings you the deepest variety of commercial free music for every genre and for every mood, where you hear the biggest names in talk, entertainment, and comedy, and hundreds of hand created music channels designed to fit every mood where you get news from every source, where you can listen to the newly launched Fish Radio, in addition to Jam On, Grateful Dead Radio, Pearl Jam Radio, Tom Petty Radio, and many more. Where you can listen to the top comedy channels such as Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud Radio and Netflix's A Joke Radio, and for sports talk radio, from Barstool to ESPN, and more to keep you up to date on the latest news in the sports world. Most people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM. I sure did, but you don't need that anymore. Subscribe now to listen outside of your car, on your phone, online, and at home, and get your first three months for just a dollar. So visit SiriusXM.com backslash female with a PH to see offer details and to subscribe and start listening today. Uh, so SiriusXM, check them out. No car required. All righty. So, Chrissy, I'm so happy to have you back. I'm so happy to be back. I know. I wish you could have done our, our uh, tour review because we were able to, you, you were with me for quite many shows there. I know. We had a good time. We had a long stretch where we were like, we've never done a show together. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> and now we can't get away from each other. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're so freaking hilarious. We just like write up Jason's, you know. Oh, you don't. You, he loves mo- us post-show. <laughs> I actually am not so sure about that. <laughs> The lobby of the hotel, making mixed drinks for everybody. That poor lady was like, what is happening? Where were we making mixed drinks? What do you mean? At the hotel. Remember we went into the lobby? Remember? (laughs) 
Remember? <laughs> no. Oh my god, we made oh, mixed yeah. drinks for everybody. I did that? Yeah, you did it. What? Remember, Tanya <laughs> brought us a huge thing of vodka. Oh, yes. <laughs> and yes. I thought it was actually a drink and I was supposed to pour a fireball yeah. into it. People, I'm not very good with drinks. <laughs> That's right. You put fireball inside of the drink. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm a beer drinker. I can't help it. Hey, when these know? two get wound up after a show, it's, oh my goodness gracious. Good we luck. We want pierogies. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Potato pierogies from Burger King with apparently Burger King doesn't See, what happens pierogies. is they both think each other are the funniest things that's ever lived. <laughs> we are. So, Jason, don't put us down. Well, I'm not. Well, no, I'm, I'm not trying to be disparaging. I'm just saying. She laughs her ass off at you, and you laugh her ass off at her. So you're, True quite, story. you're quite the combo, <laughs> and it doesn't matter who else is involved. No, no it really doesn't. It really doesn't <laughs> the lady at Burger King, the lady uh, at the yeah. hotel. I think they might get amusement from us. I'm not oh, quite sure. The lady at Burger though. King thought it was hysterical. Yeah, I think she did too. <laughs> I'd never even really been to a Burger King. I'm trying to order pierogies. Right. <laughs> that was after Ghost of the Forest. There was a couple guys there too that had gone to the show too, and they were just like. <laughs> no, that, that wasn't Ghost of the Forest. Oh, oh, yeah, no, 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 you're J-Rad. right. You're right. It was J-Rad. 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 Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Because you weren't with us for that one. So, um, yeah, so today we are really excited because we get to have uh, Isabella Anastasio with us. So, what we're going to do is just take a quick break and get her on here and, uh, yeah, jump into this uh, awesome interview. Awesome. Okay. Be right back. This episode is sponsored by CBD Vermont, which partners with organic farms in Vermont to produce organically grown hemp used in full spectrum extracts. Available for sale at CBDVermont.com. So you want to go use the code FEMALE, with a PH of course, to get 15% off of all of their products. We guarantee our farms a price per plant and provide cultivation support throughout the growing season. There are a lot of CBD products out there, so how do you know what you're getting? Well, CBD Vermont tests all of its extracts to ensure you're getting the right amount of CBD and other cannabinoids and no unwanted toxins. Plus, each batch is traced to the Vermont farm where it's where it is grown and the hemp cultivator that was extracted. They're recently launched an online store. Sorry, they've recently uh, launched an online store where you can buy Vermont-made CBD products, including oils, capsules, edibles, and topicals that have been fully vetted by the staff at CBD Vermont. So what you want to do is go to CBDVermont.com and use the code FEMALE, P-H-E-M-A-L-E, at the checkout to get 15% off. Thanks. All right. Well, we are back with our guest today, who is uh, the daughter of uh, Mr. Trey Anastasio. And uh, we have with us Bella Anastasio. Welcome, Bella. Hi. Hi, How are you doing? I'm fantastic. All right. All right. So you just uh, finished a big move. Now, you moved to were you moving from like in the city to the city kind of thing or were you moving from far away to the to the city like where were you moving to because you just uh just did that last weekend right yeah I was moving from Burlington Vermont I was there for the past three years for college Mm -hmm. but then I finished so now I'm here now in the city now did you grow up like part halfway in the city and halfway in Burlington or mostly in Burlington so I was in Burlington um until 
about third grade, I want to say. And mm-hmm. then we moved to the city. And then I was in the city until about sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. And then I was like all over the place. I went to boarding schools and mm-hmm. stuff. So I was like everywhere until mm-hmm. I finally settled back in Burlington. Yeah, for, for school. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. Yeah, it's a hard town to stay away from. Yeah. yeah. It's cool up there. Do you name drop it all in Burlington? Right. <laughs> you know, I don't have to. Yeah. Right? I was just going to say that. I guarantee she doesn't have to. That's what I was <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so we're going to jump right into this. So um, the thing I always ask um, our guest um, is, uh, what is your fish story? And so, which is kind of a funny thing to be asking you since you are you know, part of Fish's history, but um, obviously you come from a very unique perspective with all of this. So um, a couple of like, kind of like two parts to this question. So one of them was, I guess, when did you, when would be, when when was your first show, I guess would be that piece. And then, um, but when did you realize that something was a little different about old pop and his friends and like was there like a very specific moment as a young child uh did you just you know sort of realize there was a bunch of weirdos kind of hanging around after your dad or like <laughs> that sort of thing so yeah yeah the uh the first show question is really interesting because there's kind of like two answers like the first shows that I was like present at mm-hmm. I was going to shows like when I was still like in mom's uterus like and then when the second I was born I was coming to shows Mm -hmm. a good amount and like through my uh, entire childhood but then like it's kind of different when like I feel like I've had I also then like I don't count those shows as like shows when I was a fan gotcha like after becoming a fan I feel like it's a whole different like if I were to go on the helping friendly app and try to put in like mm-hmm. figure out how many I don't think I could because I don't know where I would draw that line. But um, yeah, if yeah, I were to try to count how many shows I would been um, I had been to, I definitely like wouldn't count the ones when I was really itty bitty because I wasn't like present in the same way that I have been since really becoming a fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then as far as mm-hmm. sorry, what I was gonna say, you didn't have a choice when you were a young kid. It's, yeah, it's... exactly. Like. It was just kind of a family outing. It wasn't like going to a fish show in the way that it is for me now. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like going to my dad's like football games back in the day. My dad was a coach and stuff, you know. <laughs> so, exactly, yeah. A little like, different, like, but you know. Yeah. Well, you're always going to be a fan of your dad. You didn't have to be a fan of his music. Yeah, no, I've definitely always been a big fan in that way. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and then um, I don't, I think it was a really gradual thing for me figuring out what exactly it meant um that dad had this really weird job mm-hmm. um de- like when I was a little kid I definitely like you know I knew what he did and I got that it was like fun and weird like I remember very clearly in elementary school when like we would go around the room and they would say like share a fun fact about yourself I would always be like my dad's a rock star <laughs> everyone would be like shut up liar yeah right <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, really, look out in the parking lot right now. I see those people. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, like, there was a whole other, and then, like, I knew my entire life, obviously, and, like, kind of got how weird it was, but then there was a whole other, same thing with, like, the first show, kind of, like, once I was actually becoming a fan and really discovering the community, like, a whole other, like, wave of, like, figuring it out happened. Mm. I was like... You know, I would like be at my 
boyfriend's house when we very first started dating and like we would walk in and his roommate would be playing Wilson and I would be like yeah this is weird this doesn't most people don't experience this yeah 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 now and is this something that like was the music of fish like played in your house often or was it a lot of other type of different music like well I mean imagine there's a lot of different type of music but I mean was fish played often was it something that was part of your you know I guess in the house kind of thing I think we only very very rarely listened to fish actually I Mm. kind of remember heavy things being played sometimes in the car Uh that was my favorite when I was like younger um but I think that was more just like when it would be on the radio they Uh. would stop and be like oh look look what's on the radio and I don't think we my yeah my parents were never big on actually like putting on fish we wish we listened to a lot of the Beatles Mm -hmm. and uh Joni Mitchell Mm -hmm. in our house Joni Mitchell's Blue is definitely the album that I remember most clearly listening to as a kid that my parents would put on. Such an amazing album. Yeah, yeah. What kind of music is your mom into? Um, it's yeah, it's funny. She's not a huge um music person as much as dad is. Yeah, it's not like I think that's important though. Like that's not like passion in the same way it is his. But um, she loves David Bowie, Tom Waits, Ween. Mm -hmm. Same here. Big on ween. And fish, yeah. <laughs> she does love fish. She started as a fan too. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, that's right. Because, I mean, well, I just saw the, we just saw the movie. So we were talking about that they met when, are they both the same age? Because they were like 19, 20 or something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, I think, like three, three or four years older. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. about, yeah. What mm-hmm. kind of music were you into? Like your like teeny bop years? Oh, God. I went through some phases for sure. When I was like, in middle school, I went through like a hardcore, like classic middle school girl music phase. I liked One Direction for a while, um, like Green Day, mm-hmm. Motion City Soundtrack, My Chemical um, Romance. <laughs> I know. I well, I was like a giant New Kids on the Block girl. So because I was in high school in the '90s, so you know it was like my ceilings, my walls, pillowcases, like freak out at. <laughs> concerts like the whole thing so were you able to to like what was your first show where did you like um for your own pick of shows and did you get like special perks because of anything or were you just able to just go and enjoy it or my first real non-fish concert Mm -hmm. was the Jonas Brothers at the Champlain Valley Fair in Vermont um and my uncle took me, so I didn't get any special perks or anything during that show. I definitely have, like, in the past, um, been able to, like, you know, go up to the front and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, not for that one. That was my uh, my uncle. I think maybe my sister was there. Um, yeah, we went to the Champlain Valley Fair. He won me a goldfish uh, in nice. one of those games. <laughs> Did it yeah, last? It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Um yeah, that was a it was a really fun show if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I know. I think I went. My my parents brought me to like Shanana, and I think I did, did like Shaka Khan. But I want to say like the Jets. I don't, do you guys remember the Jets? That was some, like a weird family uh, group of sorts. I was no. born in 1985. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. My dad <laughs> used to take me to like Southside Johnny. So, Southside Johnny. I don't know that one either. He's like a New Jersey Shore 
guy. He's mm-hmm. actually pretty good. He's like rock and roll. Yeah, yeah Jersey yeah. Shore music. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, did you remember like a specific moment as a young child when you realized like the fan base was kind of around or like, I don't know, maybe you guys were out to eat and somebody came up to you or that sort of thing. I mean, you can think like, so you were born in 97. So, I mean, probably you were like really kind of coming into consciousness like you know, too late 2.0 or even towards the, the hiatus kind of thing. But was there any sort of a specific time that you remembered like fans just being weirdos or, or doing anything funny or, I don't know, climbing in your um, window or something ridiculous <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> I don't, I do remember, I wasn't, I don't think I was even home, but I do remember there was some fan showed up to our house, which was very weird because we lived like in on top of a mountain, like yeah, far away from other people. And yeah, someone just showed up and, that freaked them out um a little bit but not any I don't have any real specific memories of like one time that I realized it was just so consistent and like such a normal thing for me throughout my childhood like people recognizing him coming to say hi um oh there was one time we were at a restaurant and a guy ran up and was like oh my god I have to show you something and then he starts taking his shirt off (gasps) And like we're like in a diner, um, and we're like, oh no no no, <laughs> whatever you want to show us, we're good. Um, and he pulls up his shirt, and like his back is like almost entirely a big portrait of Dad. Shut oh my up. god, I'd be creeped out. <laughs> oh my god, I remember. Um, that's that's weird. What did Dad do? Yeah, what? he's like, uh, he's like just such a he's would never want to be mean or make anyone feel bad. So he was very genuinely just like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you like the music. <laughs> nice to meet you, you know, but I was definitely a little more like, what? What is going on? Yeah. No, I'd get like... a bodyguard. I know. <laughs> freak me <laughs> out. I'd like my giant face on your back. It's like, uh, <laughs> was it um, from uh, Jackass? Um which has your name tattooed on his ass? Yeah, or no, Jack is he's got like the big Steve-o, th- yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve-O's got like his own face tattooed on his back and like a big thumbs up, like, yeah, <laughs> his own back. <laughs> strange. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's actually not even the only weird um tattoo story I have. When I first moved to Burlington and like people were kind of like figuring out and it's like, of course, if I wanted to lay low, that was the worst possible town to move to. Oh, yeah, but right? um, so like mm-hmm. it, like I could tell when I first moved there that like word was kind of spreading and like people were kind of figuring out who I was. And I was, um, one of my friends texted me from a party and they were like, I'm with this guy. He really wants me to send you this picture. And I'm like, really sorry, but he just sent it to me. And it was a picture of just some dude's ass (laughs) with the words fluff on one cheek and head on the other. Gross. Is he a porn star? I, I, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. And I was like, that's great. Tell him I approve. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Thumbs up. And and then, like, we kind of, like, forgot about it and moved on. And, like, a while later, like, maybe a year or so later, I was at some party, at some, like, some house party. And um, some guy and I were, like, talking that I didn't know. And, like, fish came up and, like, he put it together and he was like, Oh wait, Oh my God, you're Trey's daughter. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you've seen my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so you he had to fluff head dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that ass. <laughs> I know that ass. I still have the picture. I showed dad. 
<laughs> that is hilarious. That is hilarious. I have I have a fish tattoo. It's a like a koi, pink koi that I found off of a cover of a um it was a '97 Germany um, bootleg. It was a random drawing that I found and absolutely loved. So I did that one from that one. But I don't know who drew it or where it came from or anything like that. But I'm a scared of needles. You're scared. Oh, you don't have any tattoos, do you? No. Do you no. have any tattoos, Bella? Yeah, I have um, eleven. Eleven. Damn. What do you have? I have. Oh gosh, I have a whole bunch. I have um, a bunch of random stuff that like doesn't. It, I just think looks cool. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A giant picture of of a uh, fishman on your back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole band. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have um, like a lot of doodles. There's one matching tattoo with my sister, the sun and moon. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one little one uh, joy inspired tattoo. Ooh. Um, one of my one of my favorite songs. Mine too. So um, it's just a little little girl in a tutu. For that little dancer eventually grows. Now, and you did you draw that? No, no. no. Um, I yeah, I have one tattoo that I drew that's actually it's Harold and Maude from Harold and Maude. Okay, um, because I love that movie. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just doodled a little picture of them, and then like later was looking through my sketchbook and was like, oh, that's a cute doodle. That would make a good tattoo. Yeah, but yeah. Besides that, um, not really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, usually when I'm getting tattoos from people, I want it to be the artist's own style mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um do you now with your own drawings now is this something that like ever since you were little you just always pen and pen and paper always drew yeah yeah just from like doodling in school turning into like a real passion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome um all right so growing up did your dad make up bedtime stories or sing specific lullabies or songs for you and your sister? And were any of those stories um, characters or directly related to uh, fish or the music of it? Yeah, nothing directly related to fish, mm-hmm. but um, we did have like a whole bedtime routine that like would take like half an hour and like I would refuse to go to bed otherwise but like dad like bless his heart would like put up with this every single night oh have my. to go through if like if you're everything. ever a mother you will experience this yes it's just, yeah. just <laughs> FYI did it come with a 10 minute jam in there or something yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> um, no it came yeah, with her would... saying I'm thirsty mm-hmm. <laughs> um so we, yeah he would yeah there were all these like weird kind of like bedtime traditions that we had like I had um, a like fairy wonderland painted on my wall okay um they yeah they got this um muralist who uh lived in town that they like kind of knew through someone I think to um come to our house and paint this like yeah this like fairy wonderland so there's this like magical forest um on my wall and there were three trees with faces on them mm-hmm. they were all called Frederick 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 and Frederick um so he would like have to make them talk and then he would tell store and then he'd have to carry me around the room and tap my big toe to like pretty much every single item in the room oh, God. Um, bless his heart and yours yeah right i know if it's after all those bedtime routines are really uh it's, it's a struggle bus sometimes and you're just like i don't want to be a <laughs> parent right now <laughs> i also want to go to bed yeah, yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> you're like my, um, my big toe didn't hit the rock dad or like the third Frederick. no exactly like, <laughs> exactly um but 
yeah, that, and then like a couple other things. He would tell um, every time he would tell us a bedtime story, it would always end up with something or someone ending up like out on the atmosphere of Earth, and it started with. Um, do you remember those pink rubber balls called pinky balls hmm. that were like, they were like a kind of popular toy that um, my grandma really liked. Mm-hmm. And um, they're just bouncy balls. That's it. But um, okay. he once told us a story about how, about this pinky ball that went on this crazy adventure and then ended up out in the atmosphere. So then from then on, every time you would tell a story, whoever the like subject of the story would be would always end up out in the atmosphere so it could hang out with pinky ball so that they could all like be friends and (laughs) get along so like yeah nothing directly related to fish but like you can see yeah weird weird storytelling yeah yeah that's that's amazing carried over (laughs) yeah definitely the same guy (laughs) yeah right I know. If I told my boys those stories when they were little, they would have um, been like, "Well, in the atmosphere, did what? What protected them? Uh, like, right. How did they <laughs> how live? Did they breathe, right? Because <laughs> they both have degrees in science now. Yeah, right? yes. <laughs> they literally would have done that. I wouldn't have been able to tell them that story. <laughs> <laughs> like the difference with the artistic side of right. things, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, when. So when you were little, you did like a lot of traveling with um, with the band and with your family and whatnot. Um, is this something where you guys just always in like a family bus together? And did you guys like go sightseeing in between shows? Yeah, it for um, for me, my mom and my sister, it was like, yeah, less about fish tour. We would all get yeah, we would all travel in the bus with him mm-hmm. um, and like. We would be at the shows, but, like, oftentimes I wouldn't even be, like, out in the audience. I would just be, like, backstage hanging out with my sister or doing something else. Mm. Um, oh, my God. And Did you it guys was, have yeah. a nanny? No, no. It was always just my uh, just my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we would do a lot of sightseeing. It was, like, for when I was little, like, a little kid, it was much more about that part of it for me when I would go on fish tour. Mm. It would be, like, time to spend with my family, and we would go, like, yeah, see all the attractions and whatever town that we're in. Go shopping. That sounds mm-hmm. fun. Family vacation. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Yeah, well, I mean, that's fun. how I saw the country because I mean, the so I did the full 96 and the full 97 tours. I remember when you were born because, or like you were traveling around with them that summer in 97, but like that's how we were able to see the, you know, the Grand Canyon. And those are like, this summer was wonky with that freaking tour of them back and forth, back and forth. You know, <laughs> like it was like a heart, it wasn't as like um, seamless, you know, with uh, 96, it was, they started in Utah and then it was Red Rocks and went right back. And then that summer 97 was down the East Coast south up the west and up the top kind of thing so i mean that's how i was able to see the whole country too you know some burritos out of the car (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a great excuse to just get traveling Mm, mm -hmm. yeah it really is it's fun (laughs) so are you close with the other like bandmates kids um yeah so um delia mcconnell is probably besides my sister the one that i've been closest with because we were close enough in age um She's in college now. We're close enough in age that we were, could kind of like chill and hang out. Um, all of the kids are awesome. Mm-hmm. They're it's just such a great surprise. All the wives too. They're like such. They're like four such cool, down to earth, sweet women. Um, yeah, everyone just like 
gets along and they're all that's... some of the kids are still really young i haven't really gotten a chance to get to know them very well but yeah delia and then um ella fishman is getting older now she's like really yeah. she's so cool i'm obsessed with her are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah she yeah her and 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 um and fishman's wife are they're both of them are just so cool mm-hmm and how badass yeah like how so because because fishman's got five um has five kids so mm-hmm. um and i think it was like the oldest he's like an oldest boy right i did new year we got new year's tickets um a few years back and we had her sitting next to us and she had an older one and then it looked like about an older boy and then there was like maybe a seven-year-old girl and then like a little little boy too that was with her all on, on her lap kind of thing yeah, the uh, the oldest is a girl, and I think the okay. youngest is a boy now. There's yeah. so many girls. There's, <laughs> there's only two boys, and there's like eleven kids. I want to say. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really female dominated, which mm-hmm. is sick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I and I remembered too when you guys did the um, the Father's Day the bathtub with. Um, uh, oh yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah, I was SPAC. at that show. Nice yeah, back. I was there for that. Yeah, at SPAC. Um, was that all of you guys in there? Because we were off to the side when I realized kind of what was going on there. Um, to uh, was it, it was all of them, and you all got. I remember it, mm-hmm. and I was like under. I had great seats for that show, mm-hmm. and we yeah. wa- we watched it. My husband and I. I. Think the youngest might not have been even born yet. He's still pretty little. But it was all definitely, at least for the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe by the second one, he had been born. Yeah, my timeline with that is definitely fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> all of our like... timelines with fish tours fuzzy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always shocking to me. Because, like, the fish kids, like, all of them are really the first, like, children that I've seen from, like, birth to, like, growing up into human beings. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like mind-blowing they're all like your cousins almost <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> mm-hmm. almost yeah um they're all wonderful though that's awesome. that's awesome so you had spoken um in the movie that just came out between me and myself um you had talked to, or you and dad talked about um the daddy daughter tour um so we're all curious to hear about that um what like what tour was that and and when was that and if you and i don't know how old you were and whatnot um he's probably talking about one of like one of the times that we would go um like with uh, me and my sister in the bus because we only did that a couple of times so um and just like hung out on the bus the entire time and went sightseeing yeah he, that yeah that's probably what he um was was talking about. yeah, and yeah. I think, well Chrissy we were laughing because um I think in it he talks about like it was like you were just like frustrated with him about something and it was one of those things it's like it doesn't matter who your freaking parent is if, if you're just like all set with mom or dad and you're just like it, like he just got off like you know the stage and he's playing whatever and all these adoring fans and 10, then people are shouting at him but <laughs> yeah. Bella's had enough yeah and, yeah. Uh, yeah dad let's go right yeah <laughs> Oh my god! Was, I, yeah, I adorable. used to think fish was so boring. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's what. Hours. So, uh huh. Go ahead. I I'm shocked looking back on it now. I'm like, oh, I missed so many awesome shows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or I was like there, but not like out in the audience. Yeah, the yeah. The show yeah. was a banger, but I was just drawing in the in the green room. I could care less. It always, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it comes full, full circle reading. anyway for everyone. If you're a good parent, what my were you kids, saying? My kids think I'm cool now. 
And I'm not a rock star. And when they were 13, they thought I was so annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think after a little while, if you're a good person, your, parent, your, your yeah, kids are going to end up digging around. on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll catch on. Right. Um, so, uh, 97, that was when you were born in April, correct? Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, so, you know, that was like, you know, one of those like heater years. So people always say, you know, oh, 97 is the best year and this and that. I mean, I think back in the day it was, I think they're playing, you know, on their game right now as far as where they're at. So, you know, you were born essentially like right in the middle of, you know, party time. You know, that was when like the heydays of it all those first few years for you. And, um, you know, we're hearing that about backstage being just, you know, crazy wild party and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, as young as you were at the time, what do you remember about that period? I don't really actually have any clear memories of back when like backstage was a real party, but I hear about it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mostly just, um, you know, people talk about it. They're like, Oh, but that's back when, you know, they really had to like close down, um, the backstage area after getting back together. Um, because it used to just be, you know, yeah, like constant party. Um, and you know, people are, people can get excited to be around the band Mm -hmm. and that can just like facilitate like, Oh my God! I can I, only I imagine. Can only, yeah. <laughs> I can only freaking imagine what a, the scene it must. Well, be. I get excited to be around each other. Never right, mind yeah. being around. I get around excited them. to be around Dawn. Yeah. yeah. So imagine <laughs> if I was backstage. <laughs> You know, with that. Um, and so, you know, because going into 2.0, um, for me, you know, the community wasn't well or in my in my eyes anyway I know and I know in retrospect you know I know that um, dad wasn't doing pretty good and and but like it was that light sort of hippie feel that was really strong in the 1.0 years um, had sort of kind of gone away to this the way that they used to call themselves I think they were like dangster kids like the you know are you talking about Jenkos? Yeah, Jenkos, and it was just really, really intense. Um, it was not with going on. Um, you know, we are all like super proud of your dad's sobriety and so grateful for it um, that he was able to, you know, come back. How did those years um, affect you and your family? Um, and and I guess kind of going into, you know, what are your memories about when the band decided to go uh, to play quits? You know, to lead, to be done. I mean, I guess you were only you know seven or eight at that time, but. How was that for you during those times? Yeah, I was um, confused for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, I meet other people whose parents have been in recovery or like also like other people whose parents have like had to go into recovery, not just like from choice, but out of like necessity. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other kids who've had that experience, um, I found like it affected them much more. Because, like, I really didn't know at all. I, like, had no idea that there was any problem. They, neither of my parents ever let any of that affect us Mm. at all. So I, like, it was very, very out of nowhere. Just all of a sudden, like, dad had to move. We were going to have to go visit him on weekends. Um, We had to go into, like, a courtroom. And, like, people, there's, like, at one point someone, like, with a camera and microphone when I was like, I was like very young, I was mm. like, was like trying to talk to me. So I was just like trying to figure out what was going on. I like the actual like substance abuse and stuff never affected me. Um, as far as like dad's behavior or anything. So I was just 
wanted to know what was happening really um and it took me a long time to like really figure it out it's like a weird thing to explain to a kid well i don't even think you were cognitively prepared to handle yeah that. i don't yeah, think you could have yeah, done absolutely. it even if you wanted um, to in the long run it ended up actually being a really like cool experience you know he um he was in saratoga for a while we got to be there a lot and um that was it was like a really cool, fun place for me. I loved visiting. Was he doing um, community service there or was he in a, like yeah. a thing? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and it was like in classic. And this is just like so the kind of like father that he was. He was just like, how can we make this fun for the kids? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how can we possibly turn this like shitty, stressful situation? That is also actually not a shitty situation. It's a fantastic situation yeah. that was wonderful for everyone involved in the long run but he was like yeah he it was always fun for us you know we got to go bowling and yeah, visit yeah. Lake George or go to arcades and um yeah he it's um it's interesting because I think a lot of people assume that like back in the like party days and when things were getting kind of dark with that that it like affected me and my sister more than it did and kind of assumed that like we had like some kind of strained relationship with dad mm -hmm. but yeah really it was just confusion I was I always had a great relationship with him and was never never um felt like he let any of that affect us and I yeah I just wanted to like make sure that everything was okay sure sure yeah because things were kind of being different you were sort of going from one place to another well I mean he, yeah. dad just seems like he's the biggest sweetheart on the planet so I'm sure between you you your sister and your mother he wanted to make sure you girls were taken care of the most so that's what happened I would imagine yeah exactly well and you were seven so yeah, going to you know. Saratoga <laughs> and doing fun things is you're not looking too deep into anything at seven unless it's like the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And I think those 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 times really affect you. But I mean, if it's not around you, then it's not going to be anything. You just remember fun time, you know, and something's different kind of going on. Um, and do you remember specifically like when when they decided to call it quits? Um, I do remember being upset. Mm -hmm. um, I was very yeah, like, I don't remember exactly the moment when, like, they told me that the band was broken up, but I definitely, at least, like, by um, the end of Dad's time um, in Saratoga, I was, I had known, and I was sad, and I remember writing the band a letter Aww. saying, please get back together. Um, oh. Yeah, I don't know if he ever gave it to them i could totally see him um because i know he he wanted he wanted to start playing again um and was worried that the other members might not want to um if i remember correctly that actually might be revisionist history but um in my mind that's how i remember it and so it's possible that he like showed it to them and was like come on she make does, you my daughter wants to. <laughs> yeah she wants to pick up glow sticks yeah, <laughs> yeah so you must have been but i don't actually know if that ever anything ever came of that Mm -hmm. um yeah i do remember writing them did you go up to coventry 
Um, I don't think so. Yeah. I definitely don't remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if no, I did. You'd remember. It, yeah. <laughs> it was a shit show. <laughs> I have heard. <laughs> yeah. I went up by myself. I was like six weeks pregnant and I went up by myself and ended up working at one of the food stands in the back there for a little while. And then they ended up letting me go and just being at the show. But yeah, no, I was, uh, by myself, pregnant, sleeping in the mud for, for Coventry, just crying in the back with the rest of the crew. <laughs> I felt like I knew it was the end because I bought a map and went a different way after they shut down the highway and didn't sit in any traffic, got a dry spot, parked my car with a farmer and was like, so nobody here knows how to read a map? This should end. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. I went after they said, don't go. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and it was before the days of cell phone. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What's happening to all these people? Yeah. No one knows how to buy a map." <laughs> Not a true story. <laughs> all right. Well, we are going to take a quick break and uh, be right back. You may already know that SiriusXM brings you the deepest variety of commercial-free music for every genre and every mood, where you can hear the biggest names in talk, entertainment, and comedy, and hundreds of hand-curated music channels designed to fit every mood, where you get news from every source, where you can listen to the newly launched Fish Radio in addition to Jam On, Grateful Dead Radio, Pearl Jam Radio, Tom Petty Radio, and many more where you can listen to top comedy channels such as Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud Radio and Netflix is a joke radio and sports talk radio too from Barstool to ESPN and to keep you up to date on the latest news in the sports world. Most people think that you need a card to enjoy SiriusXM back in the day, but you don't. Subscribe now to listen outside of your car, on your phone, online, and at home and get your first three months for only a dollar. So what you want to do is visit SiriusXM.com backslash female with a PH to see offer details and to subscribe. Start listening today. SiriusXM, no car required. All right, and we are back with Miss Bella Anastasia. Um, we were just talking about uh, the sort of 2.0 era and moving in, you know, when uh, Bella's memories of when the band decided to quit. And so, um, and again, so Bella, you were only seven or eight during that time. Um, and so flash ahead five years later, you are a peachy keen sweet teenager (laughs) so 13 14 years old um and and there was a lot that had gone on during that time so which you had spoken to us about um you know dad getting clean and and everything that had gone on during that time um so dad was playing with tab during that time i believe um and so at least he was still playing music and whatnot was he do you remember him like was he playing at home a lot was he going out still or um and I mean, are you close with any of the members of Tam? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, like, I'm not super close with any of them, but mm-hmm. I they're friendly faces that I love to see and love to give a hug to. Um, Jayhawk um, has really been around for just like so long. Um, and she's such a wonderful, amazing person. Um, and she's been so uh, been part of so many different projects. Mm. that dad has worked on it you know it hasn't just been tab she's done for um i think she's done a couple new years 
um, like uh, vocal backup. Yeah. I think she did some Halloween. Was she? I think. Did she do backup for um, the David Bowie Halloween the other year? I think so, because I think that's where her and Celise ended up connecting, right? Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she's... Um, and Ghosts, Ghosts of the Forest, too. She is mm-hmm. just um, incredible. Um, so I love seeing her. And then, um, yeah, Ray Russ, and they're wonderful people. I don't know any of them super, super well, but mm-hmm. they're all just so friendly and nice and... Mm-hmm. everyone everyone that dad works with is yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. now what do you recall about um when fish decided to get back together um i think i just remember being like excited i was like oh sweet <laughs> <laughs> i um i like loved going to fish for different reasons um Back then, I was like, loved the lights and the glow sticks, and mm. everyone was always so excited to see me. Right. <laughs> it was like your family, like actually, yeah, exactly. like like I went to a family gathering and loved it, but this was your family. But gathering. there was ten thousand people there. Well, I mean, just backstage <laughs> for you, like those people were like the people you grew up with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I just remember being really excited. Um, and, you know, there's definitely a feeling, I think, of so like everything was going up from there, at least in my mind. Mm, mm-hmm. So when, when they started back up again, were you on, had you become a fan of any sorts yet? Or were you still, this was kind of dad's thing and yeah, it's like be you, awesome. Yeah, like you had talked about like, um, you know, like what do you consider to be your choice of your first fish show? Like when you were just like, Probably, yeah, I would consider myself a total noob. I would say um, <laughs> probably tour 2016 would really be where I like clicked. It was like one of those weird moments where I was like listening and watching songs that I had heard so many times before and it was like not doing much for me. Um, <laughs> and like all of a sudden I was just got it. Mm. Was like, there a specific it, song? Um, I can't give you a song, but I'd say probably first set, first night, Gorge 2016 mm, mm-hmm. was when I was really like, okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. awesome. <laughs> and did you go with a bunch of your own friends or were these people that you met online or through the scene or like kids you went to high school with? Like... Who did you sell? Because I know you've got a giant crew now. So yeah, this is really inflated. Mm-hmm. Um, this was with a couple of hippie dudes that are some of my closest friends in the world. Um, now I met them through a couple other friends that I had, and um, at Philly um, 2016, I was introduced to Zach, who eventually, um, actually at the Gorge 2016, was our first kiss. Oh, uh, cute. So I kind of, like, in very classic fashion, met a cute boy that was into fish. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, maybe I'll see you what every other fish chick. <laughs> right? And how, and how did you guys meet? Um, so at, uh, at Philly through another friend. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I just kind of, like, kept following them on tour and um went to the gorge kind of like ooh, maybe <laughs> maybe i can like make something happen with this guy 
Um, I was actually in the hospital the day before I flew out um, for Gorge 2016. I had gotten the flu and I have pretty bad asthma mm. and like it got to my lungs and I had to, it was this like whole ordeal. I was in the hospital. I had to get like an x-ray and a cat scan and they thought something was like terribly, terribly wrong with me and like it wow. wasn't. I was fine. But like, yeah, it was just like, I was super sick and definitely should not have gone to the gorge. <laughs> like I had done the East Coast side and then got really sick in like the uh, little break in between East Coast and West Coast. And then it's called the uh, book yeah. flu. Yeah. 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 It was it your was first case of book flu. Yeah. Typically you get it after I, tour. Yeah. I actually <laughs> so susceptible. I actually said flu. this to Dawn the other day. I actually feel like you're going to be credited with a, a resurgence of young people at fish. I actually have noticed it all tour young people. Younger people coming Younger. in? Younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 45. She's in her 40s. Mm-hmm. Jason's a spring chicken, but we don't count him. How rude. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, because it was for a long time, for years, it just seemed like 35 and older, mm-hmm. right? And now all of a sudden, the, this past couple tours, I've been meeting, like, even outside my hotel, both all the shows I went to, these young, nice hippie kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. What? The band's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, fig- they'll figure it out. Things like that go with like ebb and flow, even with like the dead. Like mm-hmm. they didn't come back around to like the early nineties. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that. Um what was I gonna say? So yeah, well, and it's funny too, because with the gorge, with you going out there and not being well, I mean the gorge is in the middle of freaking nowhere. It's not even like you were like in a city. So it's like Yeah, no, that's what my mom said. She was like, You should not go because if you have like a really bad asthma attack or something like where are you gonna go what are you gonna do yeah. um and dad was like nah come on it's gonna be great <laughs> <What are> you- <laughs> <laughs> she's on tour what can go wrong when you go to the shows as a fan like do you go see dad and the boys do you like go oh hold on i gotta go see dad for a second and then or do you just often fandom like the rest of us plebs <laughs> yeah no absolutely i do do that um less and less recently um it used to be like every single set break every like getting food before the show i would always go back and say hi dad's um, calling you at set break hey where are you what are you doing <laughs> yeah, right who are you with <laughs> call me after the show <laughs> um yeah, I I still will uh, will pop back there sometimes, but it's just like, yeah, it's, you said my crew has been growing, and right. it's just like so hard to find a spare moment, you know, right? Um, right. when you're there with a lot of people, you know, I know, um, yeah, I don't even try, you know, I like even trying to find friends. If you're already yeah. with your crew, it is like next to impossible to like, okay, I'm going to find this one. But I, I can't, I don't even know idea how we did it back in the day without freaking cell phones. Oh my God. I think about that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, we would just all see each other eventually or like pick up somebody at a rest stop or <laughs> it's, like it's whatever. It's amazing we're alive. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> for real, dude. Like amazing. If my 16 year old did stuff that I did, <laughs> I'd be so mad. <laughs> I'd be so mad. So what year did you graduate high school then? Uh, it must, was that right around that same time 16 uh that was 2015 okay so that makes sense then too so then you went right off to college you went to uvm right away no i was at the um i started college at the savannah college of art and design which is an absolutely amazing um college for anyone interested in the arts 
Um, but then, yeah, I was seeing over after my freshman year there, I met Zach um, on Fish Tour. And no, was had, had he him. been on Fish Tour for years or he had been a fan for a long time? Yeah, a couple of years. This was his um, I think that was his first real tour, like committing and doing the entire thing. But he had been to um, at least a couple MSG shows. Maybe I, I'm sure more. He had been a fan for. Oh, yeah. No, he had done like uh, Miami and um, I'm not sure what else. But yeah, he had been a fan for a couple of years. And um, it's really funny that he ended up kind of showing me. The music and the scene. Ah, yeah. Dad's worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Mm -hmm. It certainly sounds like you're in love. Yeah, no, he he rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I was visiting, I kept visiting him in Burlington. And um, it's just such an amazing town. And I met all of his friends were so great and welcoming and wonderful that I was just like, it seemed really clear that it was the place for me. So um, I just switched to UVM because of Burlington and the people there. And it's such an amazing community. And all of my best friends now live there. And yeah, it was just like the best possible thing that could have happened to me is discovering that Burlington is like weirdly enough after leaving years ago, like totally where I was supposed to be. Mm. Go mm-hmm. figure. I know, right? <laughs> now, were you going during those times? What kind of um, music were you listening to or going to? Or I mean, like you know, right um, in college or before that? I guess um, before you started going to shows with us all the time. <laughs> um, definitely Ween. Have you seen um, them live? Do they, do they Ween? Yeah. yeah, they're playing this Halloween. Ah, so nice. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Grateful Dead are a couple of obvious answers. I listen to a lot of musicals. Um, I love musical theater. Mm. Um, and, gosh, that's a hard question. Um, Primus? I was listening to them this morning, so they're, like, on the top of my mind. But, yeah, Pri- that's another band I love. Um, the National... I'm totally obsessed with Lizzo right now. Who? Um, she's this R&B pop star queen who I highly suggest you check out. She just did a Tiny Desk concert that everybody should see. What's her um, name? Lizzo? Yeah, Lizzo. Lizzo. Um, and Tiny Desk is the um, NPR's yeah, I love um, that. concert series. Yeah, so it's great like they always end up being incredible performances but um yeah i don't listen to a lot of jam music outside of fish and the grateful dead mm-hmm. um i do like there's a lot of bands that i really um love and have seen live um in the jam scene but not many that i like ever think to put on when i'm just like alone listening to music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um now so this was during the time so you recently graduated uh from college with your degree in art. And I had um, read in an article um, that you, you were interviewed in an article a couple of years ago um, about that, you know, that you really would love to be a museum curator and it's a really hard job to get. But now that you're out and about and you've graduated, like how is the path of your career going? Um, Really great. I got, um, I'm going to uh, school for curator curatorial practice next year um Mm -hmm. or this coming year yeah I'm going to go to uh, get my master's in curatorial practice 
Um, and then hopefully things will just fall into place from there. But so what do you so do far, as a curator? Like, what does that mean? Like your curatory practice? Is that what you said? Yeah, curatorial. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. um, so it's it's in the field of art history, um, which is just uh, definitely like where my passion is at. Um, and yeah, curator's job is um, like when you go to a museum, the person who's putting on the um, exhibition, the person who organizes it, comes up with the ideas, picks out the pieces and how they're going to be arranged. Okay. Um, so, yeah, someone who pretty much um, shows art to the world in ways that they think is worthwhile. Mm. Um, That's yeah. awesome. And yeah, yeah. yeah, and you're interning for something right now, right? You were you were saying to me before something, but but you were saying it's new art, not necessarily old art. If I'm correct, right? Yeah, um, I am interning for um, Burlington City Arts, which is the um, city funded um, gallery in Burlington. Um, but it's not actually in the gallery space. I'm working with this. Super, super cool, awesome lady who actually happens to be a fan, um, cool. which was perfect for getting time off to go see Zach yeah. and Fenway <laughs> and Mohegan because she was also at those shows. Um, I was going to ask you if sure. curators get summers off. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that actually, it worked out really well. I was, after getting the internship, I was really, really worried I wouldn't be able to go to any fish over yeah. the summer. So you can imagine my relief when all the shows I wanted to go to, oh, my yeah. boss was like, yeah, I'll be there too. Yeah, we're, we're actually <laughs> shutting down for fish. Yeah. I, I, got, I was just doing a recent, like just a three minute, uh, sorry, three month sort of contract job or whatever. And she used to work with me and for how she got me. And she's like, so, you know, it's going to be from this time of it. And don't worry, you're going to be done before fish tour starts. <laughs> like, well, you know me. <laughs> Will you be going to Dick's? I am absolutely trying. Um, school doesn't start until September 3rd, so it should work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have a question. As of right now, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have to buy tickets? <laughs> how, how, how does that work? No. No, I do not have to buy tickets. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. It would be weird if you had to buy tickets. your bodyguard? Yeah, right? <laughs> My husband is 6'8". Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe I'll need one eventually. Right? <laughs> He's fiercely protective. He will take good care of you. <laughs> well, I know it's fine. So um, we had Carl Gearhard on here last year, and uh, him and I actually ended up becoming uh, good friends. And so I talked, I was like trying to get him, like, what are you going to do for fish? you know, for summer tour or whatever. He's like, all right, well, I think I can go to Mohegan. So yeah, I think that he did the same thing. He just gave a page a call and, and showed up and, and, and what, you know, ended up going in, but it was great because afterwards, I think he ended up kind of scooting it and scooting in real last minute because we didn't get a chance to see each other. But all of a sudden, right before encore, he had come around cause I'd showed him where my tickets were. He'd come around and he had found me and he was like, I had to come say hi. <laughs> He's like, I gotta go. I'm parked right behind the buses. So I have to go, but I came to give you a hug. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh yeah, no, it's like yeah, no, I could just you know grab grab tickets when I when I want sort of thing. So, um, That's so, so cool. yeah, right. So with your art, um, you know, I was checking out your Instagram, and you are like something straight out of Pink Floyd, The Wall, man. I, I freaking. <laughs> It is so cool. It is so cool. So it seems. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, it's really, um, you know, intense and like filled with like emotion and. Uh, Some of it looks like it should be uh, metal out metal 
music album covers. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's I really would love to make a yeah. metal album cover Hell someday. Yeah. <laughs> on the right path. Right, yeah. So, like, what? Ta- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, baby. I just, yeah. I was gonna say, it, a lot, some of it reminds me of um, who's the guy um, for Hunter Thompson did all his art. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, oh. very much so. Mm-hmm. A lot of it reminds me of that. What's it? What's his name? Ralph. Ralph Sutton. No. Uh, Stedman? Stedman. Mm. Stedman. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it did yeah, remind thank me. Thank you. That, I love him. And it was uh, totally cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can you tell us about your artistic path and what motivates your your work? Because it is very different. And it's, you know, you're the, the daughter of like the big hippie band, and yet your 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 artwork is really intense and and um, you know, definitely evokes a lot of um, you know, I would say stronger emotions, uh, you know, or maybe even sadder or angry or mm-hmm. like, you know, those sort of things. So what motivates you? Where does this uh, come from? Um, I love horror. Um, it's like absolutely my passion. Like um, I wrote my final paper in college on horror movies and the resurgence of horror in 2019. Um, what, what was, yeah. what was that about? That's interesting. Um, it was about why, so, um, it, there is like a really big resurgence in horror movies right now. Yeah. Um, and my thesis was pretty much about why, like if there's the, if it's about the, uh, cultural space for it, if people can really relate to these like horrific situations, mm-hmm. um, I mean, literally, because we are living in a grotesque um, reality right now. Yeah. Um, And um, also just about how horror movies are changing. Um, And I think that's also like with the times, horror movies are less, um, they're being used, you can see with like Jordan Peele movies, like with Get Out and Us. um, And um, even with movies like The Babadook or The Witch or... um, my personal favorites, Hereditary or Midsommar with Ari Aster, my favorite director. He's incredible. Um, Who is it? Who is that? Ari Aster. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, he did Hereditary and then the new movie Midsommar, which is incredible. I highly suggest everyone go see it. I am so scared. I'm scared. It's weird. It's very weird and very, it can be hard to watch at times for sure. What what are the themes of those? What is that? Because, so I, I took like... 15 years off from scary movies because I was like I just don't like being scared like this is why am I doing this to myself you know and and uh <laughs> and uh Jason actually just ran out for a second he's coming back right now because he is a huge horror f- uh movie fan and I'm I listening. yeah right I know I'm like where'd you go Jason he ran off to the bathroom so he just came back because so I didn't so when I got with Jason he was so into horror movies and I just couldn't I was a big big baby but then um I started uh I we watched um now it's like my favorite movie of all time it's the um what what it's the rob what, zombie classic. yeah the rob zombie ones the the uh it's house of a thousand corpses mm-hmm. into the the devil's rejects the devil's rejects naturally. the oh, devil rejects is so scary <laughs> my <laughs> dreams right, are scary enough i can't oh goodness <gasps> it's very <gasps> oh devil's rejects oh goodness oh, it's I've very intense that. oh bella very good. Oh, wonderful i love i love movie suggestions like this yeah yeah well and they so they they start off with the house of the thousand corpses and then they've got the devil's rejects and now they're actually just about to release i think maybe even last weekend they released the no it comes out in september september 19th okay it's about three from <laughs> Uh, Rob, Rob Rob's wife is the star of all of these movies. Yeah. Cherry Moon Zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, but what? How, how do we get onto this topic? Because she was so I was talking about her artwork and what motivates her, and she's really into horror. Oh goodness gracious! What's what's <laughs> yeah. your favorite franchise? Um, I don't know about 
franchises. I'm like, um, my favorite favorite right now is just telling Don is um Ari Aster's movies. Hereditary is. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited. My boyfriend has been refusing to watch it because we've been uh, living in the middle of the woods. But I was like, the first night in the city. Yeah. We're gonna watch it together, and then we've been too busy. But tonight, he pinky promised we're gonna watch oh, it. Boy. I'm so excited. Um. Uh, and like Baba Duke and the bitch, like these one-off kind sure. of um, yeah. As I was um, gonna Baba say, Duke these movies great. that are oh, Baba Duke is amazing. What's um, Baba Duke? See, I don't know that one. You're a baby, oh, Donnie. You can't watch, watch it. Maybe I'll <laughs> try and watch one. Can I? Um, no. No. You can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so are those more like jump scare or are they like because like the ones supernatural that, super oh see yeah no i am a baby i don't mind like that it's weird i don't mind because because the fast thousand corpses corpses and like the rob zombie they're gross they're like it's suspense like, yeah it, yeah um but but it's the like freaky ghost see, I'd rather real supernatural. Shit? Oh, no. see we're up here in maine yeah. we're in stephen king country. <laughs> yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um well, yeah, it's I like um, like what I wrote about in this paper, and then like what I've been really, really excited about recently that I've been has been like the most inspiring to me is that like horror more and more has been seen as like with '80s horror, it was much more just like yeah, like scares and like the hot cheerleaders with the big boobs getting slaughtered and like <laughs> mm-hmm. which is awesome, and I love all that too, and like yeah, like all the kitsch classic horror. Um, is fantastic but like there's this new trend happening now where um directors are first of all tr- starting to take the genre much more seriously and like seeing that it they can be just as like thought out like, as look at jordan like, peele know, for example exactly um yeah and it, they're being used again like uh, jordan peele is a great example as like these places to explore like social and cultural issues and just like even just like more in-depth human issues um you know like Duke is a fantastic movie that's all just meant as one big metaphor for living with trauma and mm. it's really really cool because i think it is such a powerful genre to use in those ways and um there's like so many more movies coming out now all like and so many of them are um leaning towards that becoming it's just such a cool genre in so many ways. It's like a it's, head trip yeah, trauma. It's in yeah. unlimited. Yeah, I think I it's could relate infinite. more than that. Totally, totally. There's so many. It's like, yeah, it's it's so much more open than a lot of other genres because you can do so much more. It can be sci-fi. It can be um, supernatural. It can be just like real life, you know, nothing crazy about it, just like real life horrors. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, artistically, like that's just, that's why inspires me it's just like creepy crawlies freaky um yeah well you're fucking fantastic at it girl like i can't think <laughs> yeah like the way like the yes creepy it's it's freaking awesome like so i was it's on your instagram and so you know i follow you on instagram i've seen you know it's it's the more recent sort of stuff but it seems like you know when you for i don't know what year you started on instagram but like that's when a lot of your the um these you know your drawings you would place out there and you really are you capture um trauma in 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 the in the looks on their faces of of your characters and they're not just people too they're like weird creepy mm-hmm. monsters and shit <laughs> I love yeah. it. it's great i'm really excited by this idea of like a, the, the sympathetic monster um something that's been just like so 
transformed into like an you know unrecognizable like beast but like so much of the time that comes from like struggle jason and Voorhees trauma is what you're talking about yes <laughs> well, yeah and kind of like the bad tiger that just really has a thorn in its foot yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. i love like something that immediately looks really really repulsive and but has something sympathetic there mm. i love that idea so much and and i'd read something about um that you feel like your pieces are, are never finished which i think that that is you know i've heard that before with cl- i don't have the word classically trained artists if that's the right word i'm looking for <laughs> i don't know like train like that it is it is hard to sort of like complete a a um you know, a, a piece of work sort of thing. So is it anything that like, do you usually, because a lot of yours is like sketches and stuff. Do you usually do any painting or do you, is it just mostly pen and paper and then do you frame them? Or is it like, that's what they, I know you made the t-shirt, my friend, my friend, which now this all makes freaking perfect sense. <laughs> of course you picked like, the creepiest song. Yeah, yes, we love dark fish too. <laughs> oh my goodness. We dark, would get along just fine. <laughs> right, yeah, d- definitely, definitely that, Fenway night too. Dad's hammering about to run and, and death don't hurt him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just that. We call it like <laughs> dirty dirty Indo fish. It's not that I don't <laughs> like pretty fish, it's just not my favorite. I like the dirty mm-hmm. three day old been sitting in the sun fish. Yeah, some grimy smelly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're smelling what I'm stepping. No tartar sauce <laughs> at all. Just say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny because I never really appreciated that side of fish until I got with Jason because Jason's much more into the heavy metal and the. Yeah, I like metal and horror movies. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, like my thing. I'm like, I like Coyote's my. I mean, Coyote can be. Coyote's pretty dark. But granted, pretty dirty. Yeah, yeah. Coyote's pretty dirty, but like, or more of just the you know happy. Go lucky. Yeah. Of course, Donnie. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, I have that too. Me too. I like it all. Uh, yeah, right? Me too. <laughs> they, they, you know, run into a Buried Alive or a Carini opener. Fuck Honestly, it, the reason know? I like them is because it's not all the same. Say it again? It's not all the same mm. fish. It changes, you know, mm-hmm. so you don't, you don't get, like, bored. Ah. You mm-hmm. know? So many different em- emotional itches. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, Mm. I like that. Um, So, you know, uh, this next question, you know, you and I had touched base with um, beforehand. And I really appreciate your honesty and where you're at with this next question, or at least you're where you, you know, where you're coming from. So, you know, and and I'm wondering if it's also uh, also motivated some of our art as well, which I imagine. So, you know, you've struggled with some mental health issues and um, mentioned, you know, that you would like to share your journey with others in hopes to help people. Um, So how has this side of you affected your life and what do you do to live your best self? Um, you know, my son, uh, struggles with this as well. So, you know, I guess the other part would be what sort of advice would you give to teens, uh, going through this time? So what has been your journey and what, you know, as far as that piece is concerned, what you'd like to share with, with people? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, as I was saying, um, to you when we talked, um, before when you were checking in to make sure I was comfortable, um, talking about this, it's just like cool to me that, I'm in a place where, like, it's weirdly enough, people, like, will listen mm-hmm. to what I have, like, a small handful of um, people, like, are interested in what I have to say. And I think that there's that's, a like, lot of us, uh, honey. There's a lot of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that that's, like, becoming, like, aware of that. Um, 
and just like through social media and stuff, like um, becoming aware of that, like I kind of felt like I, I've, I had felt before um, when dealing with these things and especially coming out the other side for the better. I had felt um, like I had, I wished that I had the ability to assure others um, or try to give some words of advice. And it's just really like, weird really (laughs) weird and like hard to understand sometimes but also really cool um that I actually get that chance that maybe someone will be listening who might need how old were you when you started going through things so you you dealt with depression and whatnot yeah Mm -hmm. I in middle school which middle school always sucks a freaking worst. Oh, a scratch on them. Yep. Nope. <laughs> I'm still scarred. I swear. It's it's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Middle school is really really rough, especially as a girl. It can be very hard sometimes. I mean, for everyone, but um, it's weird becoming a person really for the mm-hmm. first time. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was just struggling with a lot of anxiety and depression. And then going into high school, I had dealt with some trauma that really um messed me up for a while. And I just got really like frustrated and angry and sad and just yeah I think a lot of that's a lot of people can relate were you going through therapy or were you trying to deal with it on your own like was it was I mean you don't have to go in the details about your exact trauma but like is it the results was it something that you were trying to just handle on your on your own or was it already out there and you were getting help um I was hiding it for a long time pretty much from like late seventh grade, early eighth grade yeah. to, um, actually not that long, I guess, uh, through my freshman year of high school, I didn't, that's a long time considering how anyone. long you've yeah. been alive. That is a long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Perspective is weird at that time because right. it's hard to realize how long life is when you're still young. Um, I mean, I'm still young. <laughs> and, well, and I feel like thing. too, with, with, with things like that, like, you know, I, I, things happen to me when I was little too. And I, you know, I just, I, I don't, I didn't realize it's it was always so in the forefront of my brain. It was always right there with me. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I spoke to people about it. And I didn't realize it wasn't until like my 30s that I had best friends. They were just like, what? Like, and I'm like, <laughs> I'd never talked to you about this. They're like, no, like, yeah. I would, you know, so I feel like it's something. And, and I remember it was something after the Kavanaugh tri- trials. I think it was bringing a lot of um, a lot of pieces out about like, you know, whether you hide hide things that happened to you and whatnot. I remember this this one guy and he was talking about how much that that was it is like no he didn't necessarily talk about it but it's not anything that ever really goes away you know if yeah. you, in, in any sort of traumatic sort of situation kind of thing it's always just sort of like right there and you don't realize it you know until mm-hmm. until afterwards and then you start talking about it and people are like what the fuck happened to you you know <laughs> like, yeah absolutely mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, yeah I think um dealing with trauma is weird because it's just hard to face sometimes that you experienced trauma mm-hmm. in the first place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like even to just get that far is a huge step um and then you know then dealing with it from then is a whole other major staircase of steps um but yeah I a friend actually um I I, I didn't tell anyone myself a friend approached our school counselor saying she was worried about me mm-hmm. and then they called my parents who um, got me in touch with a psychiatrist who I did not get along with. And honestly, I think if the best 
advice I could give anyone who's struggling and who's trying to get help. Mm -hmm. If your therapist isn't right for you, they are not right for you. Don't try to force it. I cannot tell you how many times I've been through like, I don't, don't even know, couldn't count right. Um, right now, how many therapists and, like how many times I've just like, it hasn't been working and it hasn't been helping. And I've just been like, Oh, but they're a professional. So well, they know it, what they're doing. And it sucks too, because it's like when you're with somebody like you, it, you know, those first couple of times, you don't know if they're going to work for you or not. And you've already told them mm-hmm. your entire freaking life story. Yeah, totally. So it's like, all right, well I'm here. Like they got to be good. Like they got to recommend it. And then no, yeah, and no. it's expensive. Yes. You don't want to think you're wasting the money. Um, yes. Yeah. But when you find the right person who can really help you it's awesome and it's worth it so don't torture yourself trying to force it with any mental health professional that just isn't for you because they're all different they're people like us (laughs) you know did you did you recognize that as a young girl when when you first went into therapy no no that was looking back like after um I was in um after I was in therapy for a little while um, in high school, and then my sophomore year, um, like halfway through my sophomore year of high school, um, it just got to crisis mode, and um, I had to go into first an inpatient treatment center, yeah. and then from there to a another um, long-term inpatient center, mm-hmm. who then sent me to a therapeutic boarding school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was... Yeah, I was, um, and then after that, and I didn't, yeah, I didn't really realize that until at the therapeutic boarding school, I had a therapist that I really clicked with, who was awesome and really helped me. And I kind of was like, why <laughs> wasn't I looking more aggressively for this? Because um, you were young. Oh, yeah, great. you're right. sophomore yeah. in high school. Well, yeah, and, and also, yeah. <laughs> also, too, with that, because so, my son was in the therapeutic uh, school. He, he just went back in uh, for junior year here, but his first two years. And um, I think also, too, what, and maybe this is the same for you, is like once you're with somebody and you're getting a, like a really deep relationship with them in a school setting, that you're able to sort of really connect with them about all the little weird quirks that are screwing you up during the day. Yeah. Am I absolutely. right with that? Is the same thing with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I think, yeah, you just have to realize how it's such a personal journey for every single person. Mm-hmm. Um, and just figuring out what works for you is so important. Um, but yeah, it's hard to also, when you're that age, it's, I, it's hard to advocate for what you need, even if you know what you need. Um, and your parents just want to help, but they don't know what yeah. you need. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Well, and yeah. I, I think that that's, you know, when you had, you know, you had your your small little part in there um by the lake in the movie there and you had kind of talked about how you were so conscious and you were so worried about them at the time. Yeah, I mm-hmm. just I know as, as because of um I know that because of um everything that happened with dad, he's just been so worried that at any point he wasn't a good father which is like so silly to me <laughs> that he yeah. would ever that's the plight of the like, dad that's freaking parenting yeah, man I, oh absolutely. my god oh, yeah. i call it um, mom guilt oh it's the worst <laughs> the worst um, I have every guilt in my freaking bone in my body for my kids <laughs> <laughs> um and they're just yeah it, it just breaks my heart to think that they would ever doubt that they were like not the best parents in the whole world mm-hmm. <laughs> they like were always the absolute best. I was just so concerned that 
they would like think that anything going on with me was their fault or looks like anything that they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it's hard with that one too. I know. And, and I've been told a million, Oh, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. I'm like, but I did this and I did that. And well, I did, you know, like right. you just pick apart your parenting and it's all just, yeah. The sentiment to, it seems like you and your family are all caring, loving people. And I mean, it kind of shows like not every kid is going to think like that. And yeah. not every parent is going to think like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think either. my kid thinks like that. I don't think it gives a shit. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> think anybody afterwards. thinks the same. Yeah, well, I mean, and you've struggled a bit too yeah. with that with your kids too, with one of your um, kids, Chrissy. Yeah, no, it's it's a hard um, it's a hard path. To, so, so were you drawing these like intense sort of you know kind of scary figures and whatnot during the time? Because you probably, I mean, did you freak everybody out with that? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, always. And yes, my yes. mom did oh, not like it. So much. <laughs> oh, I my. think she's coming around to it now. I think she still has a couple of reservations about um, my obsession with so do I. Like, the grotesque and the, the <laughs> horrific. I'm a little scared. <laughs> yeah, Chrissy, the mom and Chrissy's like, okay, but what? Like, I know. Yeah, oh. she definitely, but I think she's starting to come around to it and seeing that it's like mostly an aesthetic um, appreciation. Um, and yeah, I think that that was a, a direct correlation. Yeah. Hmm? Was there a correlation there? I guess would be my question. Um, the dark and the macabre, macabre, is that how you say it? <laughs> I'm just, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> um, just teasing, but do you think there was a correlation there that, that put you into wanting to draw these themes and it's, yeah, it's possible. It could have been. Um, I never consciously was thinking about it that way. Um, but I think there was definitely a cathartic element. Sure. To, um, Before you I know, forget, creating I just wanted to tell figures. you, my favorite mm-hmm. was the uh, headless woman's torso with the angel wings that are bat wings. Oh. That was my favorite. Oh, bless, bless you. you. Sorry. <laughs> um, thank you. That um, was the coolest, if you ask me. <laughs> thank you yeah um i love hearing when people are like um every once in a while on lot someone will be like bring up like a specific drawing mm. I, I loved that you had one that was a um a woman and she's holding something in her hand and then she's dripping something into like look like blindfolded eyes oh yeah that what's was, that all about that i freaking love yeah i loved that yeah. one what did she have in her hands oh. like what what did that I mean to you <laughs> I don't know, just some um, fucking weird shit. She was tripping. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. My God. It started. It was supposed to be a nor- very normal drawing of just like a woman for figure practice. Mm-hmm. But can you please yeah, get was... a vendor permit and we can uh, do something <laughs> on lot? And you we realize can you could like creep out all the. Oh my happy God! You hippies. could become a fish artist. <laughs> Imagine the line, the yeah, bella gotta, line. Come on, Trey. You gotta let you gotta let your daughter do a, at least a, like a Halloween poster. Yes. <laughs> Yes, you know it would go bonkers. Forget Pollock. They're cursing us. Never be able to make ah. a finished a finished product. Uh, they're like pulling also, it away away from you. You're like, no, I'm not done yet. <laughs> I'm also honestly t- like pretty terrible at graphic design. I need a lot of help when I try to do posters with like typeface and actual organization. Like I have a lot of fun doing the like sketches and the images, but then like once I try to make it into like a dynamic, cool, like legible thing, it I always end up getting really frustrated and need to 
get the help of some of my graphic designer friends. Mm. I got mm-hmm. the gal for the job right over here in Dover, New Hampshire. What? <laughs> Who's that? It's our producer's wife. Don't worry about it. Oh, that. yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can draw like cartoons. I can like that sort of thing. I can't draw faces and people though. But I, I would imagine like when you're in art school, like that's when they like really show you how to like, cause it's like, what is it? Hands are supposed to be one of the most difficult thing to really draw, right? Yes, that was one of my first assignments at um, SCAD in Savannah was a hands project. It mm-hmm. sucked. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I still hate drying hands. You still haven't freaking finished one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think we are going to take a break and then and we're going to be wrapping this episode up and we're going to be going into your life with our part two episode um with your life as a fan out there because you've got a very very active life and and, uh out about there with uh your buddy coco and you know your your crew brooke who we got to interview and whatnot um so i'm really really curious to hear funny uh, your name's about all of that All right. So, yeah, so we will. uh, Yeah, sorry, for a second, but. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so we will uh, be back with uh, part two in the next episode and we'll wrap that one up. So, peace. 